Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records, the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 coming out this summer. And I'm so excited to hear exclusive tracks from Almighty Watching, Outnumbered, Striker, Burning Strong, Raw Brigade, Struck Nerve, Scourge, Final Right, Year of the Knife, Dead Heat, Point of Contact, Pain of Truth, Mind Force, Cruelty, Moment of Truth, Payback, and Invoke. Such a sick lineup of bands, and I'm just so pumped for Volume 2. I am still high on Volume 1, which sounds like a weird drug, but <laughs> it's not a drug. It's still straight edge, don't worry. But Volume 1 was so awesome. Uh, they came out swinging. I, I feel like that made such a huge impact on the entire scene. So many people checked it out, had a really great response. And I'm just so stoked that From Within Records is bringing it back this year for Volume 2. So shout out to all those awesome bands that are on the comp. And I hope all of you guys are just as excited as I am for it because we're just, uh, you know, uh, we're here in April now, but soon enough we'll be in summer and the comp will be here. So I'm going to be uh, talking about it every week until it comes out because I'm such a fan. I love From Within Records. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, I highly suggest you do so you can stay up to date with all their upcoming news um, that has to do with the comp. Uh, I'm sure bands are going to be dropping tracks here and there to promote it. So just keep an eye out. So go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and just show support. Follow From Within Records. They're super awesome. And on top of the comp coming out in summer, so, so just keep that in mind. The comp's coming out in summer, but from now until summer, there's a ton of bands that are, are going to be dropping new records. Like we're still expecting stuff from Payback. They just finished up recording in the studio a couple weeks ago, so that's definitely coming down the pipeline. I know Shackled coming out of New Jersey. Shout out New Jersey Hardcore. They've been working on their new album for a while, so I can't wait for that. Shout out MH Chaos coming out of Chicago. They're hardworking in the studio right now, so I'm just so stoked uh, and so excited to hear all these new records coming out on From Within Records. So, like I said, go follow them on social media and support them because they would support us seriously such an awesome record label real hardcore and the people behind it are, are just super super awesome and i'm uh you know they have my full support and i'm just so stoked on today's episode we don't travel that far i actually had to track down Devin. he plays in a band called scalp and i it's just one of those situations where i just felt so uh, just uneducated and it brings me back to like the early days when i had no idea who dare was and, and like in those days i was always so curious is like um like you know uh, early days in orange county and there's some band that's from fullerton that signed to reaper records and at the time the people that i was hanging around with uh, nobody knew them so i was just super curious and did my research find out who was in the band and uh, you know started listening to them more and uh, i'm stoked that they're still going on doing awesome stuff and making me proud to say that I'm from Orange County Hardcore. And I just felt like I was in a similar situation with Scalp. They started in 2019, but I only found out about them in 2020 with their last release. And I was just so confused. I'm like, who are these uh, dudes doing this band and how have I never heard of them? Because I, you know, I fancy myself pretty involved. I try to attend as many shows as I can. And just uh, when it comes to Orange County, I try to 
just know everything that I can because I, I love it so much. I live here. I, I literally live in the city of Anaheim. So when I found out that there's this band that has been active since 2019 and I just didn't know anything about them, I was like, okay, I'm doing a really bad job and I need to figure out who's in that band and I need to get somebody on. So I reached out to some mutual friends. We were able to track down Devin and it was seriously a real pleasure for me to be able to talk to him. So if at this point you're not familiar with Scalp, like I always say, hit pause, go to their band camp, go listen to the demo from 2019 or listen to the latest record, Domestic Extremity. And it's just awesome music. And for them having this interesting sound for Orange County Hardcore, there's not a lot of bands out here that sound like them. It's, it's fun for me. I'm, I'm glad that we have all different types of bands from out here. And it's going to be nice to have them more in the mix when shows start to come back and there's more gigs happening. And I, I can't wait to, to finally see them live. So I'm, I'm so stoked on this band and I hope they do great things. So strap in and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, welcome Devin Fuentes to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Devin. How's it going? Good. How are you? Um, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for being down to do the podcast. At, at one point, I didn't think it was going to happen because obviously there was a miscommunication. I l uh, lost your phone number, and I'm really bad at saving people's phone numbers. So whenever I, um, you know, I'm talking to people and trying to get them on the podcast, uh, I'm, I, I need to be more responsible about saving people's numbers. So I, I'm glad I reached out and was able to get in contact with you again. So seriously, thank you for still being down to come on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, I deleted my Instagram, so it's kind of hard to get a hold of me. <laughs> it disappeared there. And I'm uh, curious, are, are you able to talk about why you decided to do that? Uh, yeah, I just thought it was you know, a little bit of a distraction. I just felt a little bit more productive. There were there were a lot of different times that I deleted my personal Instagram just because um, I wanted to, especially during the pandemic, just while being at home, I noticed I was just opening and closing the app so many times a day that I was just waiting for something to happen. And yeah, it just got, it just got dumb and I felt dumb and I wanted to delete it. <laughs> that's about, about as much as I could say about that. Okay, that that's totally fair. I definitely respect that. I know, well, I'm sure everybody who's uh, who has a smartphone can uh, you know, think of a time when they just are on their phone just mindlessly scrolling through apps or switching between the same you know, three or four apps just to see the same shit all day over and over again. Yeah, totally. It kind of got to the point where I was, you know, that's kind of like your default, like muscle memory thing to check, check an app or do something like that. When, when I don't have it, I just, for the most part, try to do something a little bit more productive. I mean, I use the band's Instagram and I, I definitely still find myself kind of doing the same thing sometimes, uh -huh. but it's definitely a lot better because I have much less 
things to keep up with. Okay, and you mentioned the band. You play guitar and do vocals in a band called Scalp? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and I'm, I'm curious about um you and the guys in Scalp. Can you talk about uh, uh, your upbringing? Are, are you originally uh, from Orange County? Um, yeah, I'm originally from Orange County. I was born in San Clemente. I grew up in Corona. I mean, well, that was just like three years. I say I grew up there just because that was fifth through eighth grade. So, you know, all the awkward years. And, uh, and then I moved back to San Clemente. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious, how old are you? Uh, 27. Okay, for sure. You're uh, a, a little bit younger than me, but that's awesome. You're, you're down there in the uh, South County. Uh, well, actually, not anymore. Um, a bit shy of a year ago, me and my girlfriend moved out to Riverside, and I actually met her when I was in middle school and living out in Corona. So um, we found Riverside to be the affordable yet interesting place nearby that we can move to. Okay. That's uh, fine. That's not too far from uh, Orange County. You're out there in the, the IE. I, I actually used to frequent Riverside a lot, which was uh, weird to think about now because now I, I just kind of pass through every now and then. I, I don't really spend too much time there. Yeah, it's a cool spot. It's not It's not crazy far. You know, I, I um, we, we practice in Fullerton, and it's not too bad of a trek, especially when, like, I'm going against traffic or we time it out right. Uh But I think it's a cool spot. You know, people in Orange County definitely can be a little judgmental of just Riverside at large. You'll kind of mention Riverside and they just kind of go, ew. But it's kind of funny. You do the exact opposite thing in in Riverside and people can be a little bit more humble. They'll say like, oh, I'm from this place or that place. They just go, cool. You know, Uh they don't really give a shit. You know, I, I used to uh, frequent the the Tyler Mall. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still a thing. Oh yeah, it's a thing. I remember there's a good record store around the corner. Sounds like. Yeah, I actually, um, my buddy's band used to uh, sell their CDs there. I, I remember it was the first time I ever experienced it. Um, they're like, "Yo, before we go to the mall, because we, we used to go to the mall and go eat at like Miguel Juniors." But they're like, "Yo, we got to go see um, how many CDs we sold." And this was like my first time ever like experiencing anything like this. So like, we went to this record store and they like you know dapped up the the person working there. Yeah, like how many CDs did we sell? And then they like you know kind of exchanged money. And I was like, "That's crazy! I didn't know you could just come to your local record store and drop off CDs and make money that way." Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, once you just establish, like, a little bit of a relationship, it makes it a little bit easier. I actually just dropped um, some of the leftover second pressing of uh, Domestic Extremity at a new spot that's actually also near the Tyler Mall. It's called the Rat Hole. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know this until someone kind of mentioned it. They, I don't think they're on Instagram, but they uh, – seems to be like a, a one guy operation there's a lot of um unlabeled stuff and i think that's kind of kind of a smart way because you'll just like price it out once you once you bring it up to the counter he'll he'll let you know how much it is uh-huh. it's kind of cool not wasting so much time just pricing and um working on that rather than you know putting it out and then just getting it pushed out it's gonna sell you know yeah um, but it is a little, 
It's a little what? I'm sorry. It's a little disorganized. There's like some records upstairs, some records downstairs. There's no like kind of metal section. So like you kind of find some stuff in punk, you find some stuff in like rock, but it overall is, I, I love it. It was cool. Yeah, I feel like that'd be part of the fun going there and just kind of actually like having to dig and uh, actually have a chance of finding some, you know, hidden treasures. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm curious, you, uh, you know, uh, moved to uh, Riverside, went back to San Clemente. How did you discover hardcore? Um, pretty much just while I was out in Corona. Um, while I was out here, it was kind of like the last handful of years of uh, showcase. So um, my older cousin, it was like as soon as he turned into a freshman, I was still in seventh grade. He just, you know, he got exposed to extreme music then. Um, and before that, you know, our, our parents, our parents came from Fullerton and they were like on the punk scene and shit. So we were already kind of interested in like punk or hardcore. Um, so when, once, once we went to showcase and he would just, you know, throw MP3s at me all the time. It was just, it was all over, man. We just fell in love with it. Been kind of trying to scratch that itch ever since. I, I think it's awesome that you're able to experience the showcase theater because I, I don't meet too many people these days that are younger than me that uh, were able to go and uh, see a show at that venue. Because um, in my opinion, that like I think that was like probably the best venue in Southern California when it was active. Yeah, I mean it. It was it had the most memorable shows. Um, I would be a little critical to call it like the best venue just because, you know, it was a little run down and they kind of oversaturated all of the um, more extreme stuff. But, you know, one, it didn't seem like a lot of other venues were doing it. So props to them. But I think just that mentality of like, hey, this is the fucking shithead, um, the fucking shithead venue. Um a lot of you know shit went down there and there wasn't enough security and eventually it got shut down you know yeah i remember the uh i, I went and saw it was agnostic front and no innocent victim and it was like the first time i ever experienced like uh like nazi skinheads coming into a show and like uh, causing trouble I, I, I just remember being like i was like yeah. super young i had it been like like 15 or 16 and uh, seeing like these guys just starting to like bully people but then like um, some locals showed up and beat them up and it was like the craziest thing I ever experienced because I was like I was there and I knew that I couldn't do anything because if I tried to fight those guys I definitely would have got stomped out so I was just like trying to dodge like the brawl and not get sucked in and you know catch a random punch so it, it was definitely some wild times there I saw so many awesome bands there and I, I just uh, miss it and I, I, I'm bummed that it closed yeah absolutely I mean I even love just the setup with like the drum thrown in the corner and um you know the balcony that randomly like some asshole would jump off <laughs> it was a crazy venue yeah people were aggressive people were fun like i remember i got kicked in the stomach by like some some dude in i think he was in like fucking heavy hands or something and he kicked me in the stomach like like a like a mule or something <laughs> and i just remember being like 13 and just being like oh hell yeah 
<laughs> that's so crazy you know it's crazy that you you mentioned heavy hands and you, you probably have no idea but I, I used to be in that and i'm like i'm not like it's kind of embarrassing to say but it's just funny to look back and to hear somebody like you that i had no idea even knew that thing existed that's that's crazy yeah i mean i i don't know really much about the whole crew or that whole thing but mm -hmm. you know i don't really have anything to say besides you know maybe maybe seeing seeing a few people who i don't know may have been in heavy hands and having that small experience but i was too young to even really know anyone or know what was really going on and that's kind of funny um like i can't really share my experiences with um a lot of people my own age mm -hmm. going there yeah that's, that's wild um i I, when I would go there, um, I was like still in high school. So I remember just like trying to convince my friends like, Hey, like we got to get like some pizza next door, even though it was always like too hot to eat right away. And it was uh, like a miserable experience and like sneaking into the 99 cent store and use the restroom, like in between bands. Right. Yeah. So uh, at what point did you uh, start playing the guitar? Um, I started playing guitar at a pretty young age, I was about eight, um, or even earlier, you know, we just had like, I remember one birthday, my grandma sent us a check to get me an acoustic guitar and we got like a little child size acoustic guitar, you know, and I'd strum it. I think I learned some chords, but I kind of just put it down, picked it up randomly. I was more of a skater growing up. Um, I went to the skate park a lot, but I didn't really get into guitar until a little bit later. Um, we had a, like a Fender Strat eventually, and like this little Fender PA that I would plug into. And my dad would like print out a tab for like grunge songs or whatever. Um, and I kind of I kind of picked it up and put it down again. And then kind of kind of a funny story. I always tell this to people. School of Rock was kind of the thing that like pushed me to get better because the guitarist in that, Zach, he was like, I think he was 12 and I was 11 or something. And I was like, he's better than me. That's not okay. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I loved, I loved the movie. I, I ended up getting like an SG because, not, not because of Jack Black. I just remember like, I had one because I was obsessed with ACDC because I was not obsessed with ACDC in like sixth grade, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's what, that's what made me start playing. And I remember in Corona, like we would get together and with, with like random friends and do, do like Misfits covers or go see some shitheads in a garage play. That was super fun. But I kind of, I kind of, that's kind of when I started playing a little bit of like punk stuff and trying to, you know, get into whatever else. I was never, I was never really, and I, and I I'm still not, I, I don't really see myself as a guitarist. I think the guitar is the instrument that I play and I'm more of like just a musician and a music fan. I think it, Sometimes it comes naturally, but I, I don't worry about being the best guitarist or anything like that. I just 
when I get ideas, I want to play them on guitar. I don't really fuck with covers often. I don't really like try to get better or even do interesting leads or anything. I just kind of, I think I use it just more of an expressive outlet. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Is, is there like some weird background noise over there? Oh yeah. I'm at the studio and someone just started drumming. Let me, uh, let me actually go in my car. Okay. For sure. No Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I started to hear that kick drum. I'm like, what is that noise? I, I thought it was like a fan. Yeah, the walls, uh, the walls here are a little thin for sure. We're probably um, the most obnoxious of all the people in our lockout. Honestly, we play pretty fucking loud. For sure, it's all good. Uh, but but I'm uh, really interested in uh, you uh, talking about how you don't really strive to uh, be a better guitar player. You just kind of uh, play what you want. Uh, so I'm I'm curious about like your your skill set and you know your ability to play the guitar. I, I think that's pretty interesting. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I just I, I don't say I don't I never saw myself as a very disciplined musician. Not someone who like you know uh ever really studied scales like i mean I, I know how to i know how to read music it would probably take me a lot longer now just because it had been so long uh-huh. um i mean growing up i did percussion in middle school i tried to do it a little bit in high school kind of got over it and i started doing wrestling but i mean with guitar it, it was always like I, i'm too passionate about music to not play it but guitar was never something that I, I took too seriously. I mean, there were definitely times where I'm like, okay, I really want to play something like that. Let me figure it out. Let me kind of like listen to some songs that inspire me and, and I'll pick apart, you know, the things that I want to take and, and whatever. But I never really, I never really took it too seriously. I, I think what I take more serious is like the music I listen to. And I, I think it just comes from like passion. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ever be like a very, a very determined guitarist or musician. And that's, that's kind of like, you know, when, when people ask me like, Oh, like, do you really think you're going to like make it as a musician? I just go, no, <laughs> uh-huh. like that, that, would, that would never be like an idea of mine. I just, I'm really passionate about music and and whatever I'm listening to and and the creative process for me is is much more just about you know finding finding something that's already in my head that I want to get out 
and I kind of do that. You know, people will say randomly, like family members or like other friends will be like, oh, you know, play something. I'm like, and all I really know is, you know, the songs that I work on. You know, someone throws an acoustic guitar my way. Like I could play like a few songs that I like memorized growing up. But besides that, it's like nothing's really there besides whatever I write. Yeah. I feel like that'd be kind of strange if somebody just kind of put you on the spot, like, hey, play me something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's weird. That doesn't really work like that. Just chill. Uh-huh. So, you know, you uh, play the guitar. I'm curious, uh, how many bands were you in before you guys started Scalp? Um... Kind of hard to say, like a handful. I mean, I started playing in like little little garage punk bands and in, in in Corona. Uh huh. Um, and then when I got out to San Clemente, it's kind of the same thing, like random little punk bands, like jamming with friends. And then later in high school, um, my buddy and I, his name was Walter. He was in Oakland now, but he was. You know, he he went to high school with me. He was a great above, and he already had this uh, like scum rock band that was inspired by like Blasting Concepts and Annihilation Time, and you know, kind of like Blue Oyster Cult, but a little bit more punk, really like blues heavy kind of Sabbath. And um, that was just when I fell in love with being in a band, just because it was so much fun. Um, we did a, a world tour. To San Francisco, that's what we called it. Okay. Over, again, and that was it. It's like I fell in love with, uh, just playing and like I wanted to tour and just, I loved it. So like, pro- that was actually the most fun on tour I've ever had, just because we were so dumb and young and didn't really take anything seriously. I feel like you got to like uh, appreciate those times when uh, obviously like, it's, it's hard to tell in the moment, but uh, when you're out there just kind of trying to figure things out, uh, not a whole lot of responsibilities, like those times I, I definitely miss because sometimes I just hate being a, a responsible adult. I definitely like it more. I don't think I could ever do like a, like a, like even a small trip, like, like how we did before, I would probably just, lose my mind uh-huh. <laughs> but given given that i was like 17 at the time it was it was a blast so i mean i think everyone kind of you know no one no one goes into like touring or playing music and knows exactly what to do or who to ask to pay them out or anything or how to book shows you know you, you just fucking you try and you fail and you're gonna look like an idiot a few times and then eventually you get it kind of quick so how did you link up with everybody in scalp like how did you meet uh you know uh, cole uh, and luke and everybody else well, well there are a few bands after i mean after high school after high school i had like a more more of like a solo project or no there was like this band warm where it was more like like uh like a Green Day kind of like tweed pop kind of thing that we were doing that was super fun. 
that that was kind of short-lived um then i did kind of a solo project called red curring which is more like silver sun pickup smashing pumpkins kind of stuff i was in this other band called get married with some uh shared members of red curring that was more like built to spill dinosaur junior yuck that was fun um and then i quit those bands and we started iris jupiter it was cole sattler our current bassist uh he was playing drums I kind of, I kind of just wanted to just start over fresh, and we started doing Iris Jupiter. We were initially really inspired by like Duster and Swirlies, and a little bit more like shoegaze and emo shit. But eventually, we kind of got locked into more of the like power pop kind of stuff, kind of like Weezer, Green Day, Roswell Kid, kind of of that vein, just big guitars and really poppy um that that band didn't really um do a whole lot but we definitely had a little bit of a following and then and then we eventually just started doing scalp how it kind of worked out was you know cole and i cole and i had always been interested in playing heavy music every now and then we would like fuck around and write some, I don't know, bullshit, like power bound songs or like whatever, but it didn't really all come together until I was working at this uh, coffee shop down in San Juan called Hidden House, and I was working with our current singer, uh, Cole Rogers. He was my manager at the time, and we one day were just joking about doing a, like a, like a joke metal band for Halloween and he was just down and then the other cole walks in and sits down at the bar and we told him about it and he just goes on down so the three of us got together and, and started you know writing this total half-ass heavy song and it was super fun we we had a, a super good time like a bunch of our friends showed up that show was just super chaotic. We were called Hellboob. Like every fucking song was like some dumbass track name. Yeah. But it was fun. I think especially the the theme of not taking it serious made songwriting happen very, very quickly. And it, it was kind of like as if Cole Rogers, our singer, got he got really comfortable quickly with performing like writing songs um i guess the dynamic of being in a band and he had I, I guess he had always wanted to be a singer in like a metal band he's always um i always knew him as like a big fan of black metal and and like spooky death metal shit that i didn't even really know about until we started hanging out a little bit more but after that Halloween, we we kind of just, you know, some time went by. I was still doing Irish Jupiter, which, which, you know, turned into Life Pile. And, you know, it, it was hard to kind of make that happen. So we decided to do Scalp. And then we met Luke, our drummer, at this random 
festival in, I think it was Fontana. Um, he was covering drums for someone and he's he's just so happy of like a kid and a drummer he's um he's just probably the most down person as far as music goes he's he he loves like all kinds of music and all kinds of metal all kinds of um everything man so when we ask him to do something or try something he's you know nothing but like yeah let's do it let's try it and he's just a naturally gifted drummer so um when we when we saw him play just you know we we just knew we had to ask him and he was immediately down and i think now that now that scalp has been you know selling some records and having a bit of a following he's kind of dedicated a lot of his time to the project so we're all having a good time yeah, uh, definitely awesome to hear uh, one thing I, I wanted to touch on you, you mentioned a band uh, Roswell Kid that was one band that I, yeah. I was uh, really into and I'm kind of bummed that they never really caught on because they did that um, that tour with uh, uh, Super Heaven and Turnstile which I thought was insane I just think you know there's no more room for pop rock bands that's what I kind of learned with, <laughs> with Iris Jupiter and like the sound that we were doing is just there's really no scene for you to be in except for in a very marketable place like there you can have fun you can go do diy shows and whatever you can have great songs but like at the end of the day like if you know you're not going to compete with weezer and green day like they can get as old as possible and write and put out records that no one listens to over and over again and they'll still be played on the radio they'll still like crowd i guess that you know i i think you know there were times when i would show like you know a random person who's not like super interested in you know collecting music or whatever and they would say this is so catchy you know i i listened to it like a thousand times but it didn't really, doesn't really go beyond that. You know, the DIY scene is great. We, we had, we had a lot of fun and got received pretty well at Fest in, in Florida when we did that tour. That was fun. But yeah, even for a band like Roswell Kid, like they're, they're fucking insane. They do like harmonizing solos. They're, they're like, they got everything that a fucking rock band should have. Mm-hmm. Good singers, good backup vocals, amazing drummer. Um, they're fucking funny. And, you know, I saw them at the Glass House a few years ago, and it, it, I was so surprised that no one was there. But then I just kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know a lot of people who listen to this band. I wish, I wish they got bigger. Yeah, same here. Because I, 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 I felt like they had a lot of potential, and they, I, they had a great sound, and just uh, you know the way you just described them, I thought was uh, perfect. And I, I was hoping to see them, uh, you know, uh, do big things, but uh, it just seems like it just kind of fizzled out for them. And I'm not even sure if they're still uh, doing the band. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say for sure. I mean, uh, I think a lot of artists are a little quiet during the pandemic too. 
Uh, I'm uh, curious about Scalp. Uh, I, I find it interesting that uh, your uh, demo had so many tracks, and granted, the songs aren't that long, but the fact that it's still nine tracks, I, I feel is uh, like pretty insane. Well, we kind of took that momentum from writing music out of Hellboom and applied it to kind of like a power violence, more like hard punk uh, thing. You know, we didn't take songwriting too seriously. We wanted it to sound good. We weren't obviously going to bullshit everything. Mm -hmm. But we have even some like some joke tracks in there. Um, Clara Dorada is literally about Estrella Lisco. It's about a beer. Mm -hmm. There's like, I don't know, four words in that song. So I don't know. There's not a lot of depth to it. there's like a few riffs every song and most of those songs were written at once like we we would write it in one practice and that would be the song of the day then we play a few other songs and you know especially because of the time of each track you know you could play a 30 second song so many times whereas like if, if you're gonna write two minute four minute songs you know you practice it 10 times a lot of a lot of time went by Uh um i I think we definitely write quicker than i than i think most bands do but we also just came from not taking it too serious you know um i think now now we now since we kind of have a flow and have been writing together for a little while we definitely take take songwriting a little bit more seriously but we also i just think because we came from the idea of not being very serious about it that we naturally found our groove so we don't need to do like way too many like hard edits on songs or change anything up too much we just kind of we write music and know if we're not feeling it 100 percent, then then we kind of just change it or move on and we're i I think we're we're still not we could be more critical for sure but um i think that we've just kind of found our groove and the last the last record was definitely i think it was very um i think the songs kind of flowed well together there was i don't think there were any songs that kind of stuck out too far where it's like oh okay they're doing like a this thing now mm-hmm. but I, I think i think we're kind of on to the next writing style and have kind of shaken a few things up not not so drastic to be like a different band or a different sound completely but now we kind of have like a, a new little bit of a groove and we're and we're just writing pretty consistently like that so i i'm Living in Anaheim, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm like super proud of uh, Orange County when it comes to our scene and the bands that come from here. But I, I feel like kind of stupid for not knowing about Scalp until last year. So when you guys put out that demo back in 2019, uh, how do you feel like, like it was received? And were you guys like a, an active band playing a lot of shows? Um, well, don't feel bad because honestly, no one in the like hardcore extreme music scene really knew us like like 
I don't know how, how I grew up. Like I, I was growing up going to showcase and I loved extreme music and whatever, but I never played in those bands. Um, and like I said, me, me and Cole Sattler have always been interested in playing this style of music, but it never kind of worked out because we grew up in South County. So um, there's not really a scene down there. There's no venues. There's not really much going on. So if you want to get anything done, you kind of have to make your way up north or do some driving or whatever. And it just never worked out. Um, the scene, the scene of like hardcore kids down there was a little bit different than I think what inspired me to get into like, I don't know, more extreme music. So I, I, I just think it never worked out. It never worked out for either of us to get into that uh, when we were younger. So I don't know. I, I spent most of my time being at shows where I was playing or, or whatever, or posting or taking care of a touring band or whatever. Um, so we were not really involved in the scene until we really started playing as scouts. And that demo, it, it, I, I mean, we, we sold out of it, but it kind of took a minute. And we only played probably like, I don't know, maybe, maybe six shows before the pandemic. And we, that's when we had just kind of like started making plans to record domestic extremity. We, we had kind of changed up our tuning a little bit. We kind of, we kind of found our sound that we wanted to take a little bit more seriously than our demo. And yeah, just our, our momentum for playing live shows and being involved in the scene was just, totally halted you know there are so many people like we we have friends from playing in bands and playing music and just being involved in like a little bit of a diy community but really no one no one in like the extreme music or like hardcore realm really knew us so we kind of came out of nowhere yeah, when you guys released uh, Domestic Extremity, when I saw people uh, posting it, I was like, who is this band from Orange County that I've never heard of? And I started to do my research. You know, obviously, I, I listened to the record and, uh, you know, come to find out, you know, just a group of dudes from Orange County. It, it just kind of like blew my mind that uh, like a, a band like you guys could, uh, you know, be active, but uh, not um, really uh, that well known, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I just think. You know, like I, like I said, we, we've been waiting to play music like this a long time. It just never worked out. Um, there were times when I, you know, tried to meet up with people and show them some songs or whatever. And it just, you know, it, it finally worked out. And I, I just think we, we grew up on this kind of music. We, we have felt this is what got us into, like, we would never host DIY shows simply just because you know, we like indie pop music or whatever. We did that because we got into hardcore fucking young age. Like we love that shit. So yeah. um, and I, I would have this reaction if I, if I heard of some band that was, you know, putting out, you know, a, like a talked about record and I knew nothing about any of them. I mean, I'm actually kind of used to that just because I'm from South County. And so like something will show up and I'm like, Oh, you know, this is, this is new and I, I, I bet I don't know that I'm from South County. <laughs> uh -huh. 
<clears throat> yeah, and for me, like looking at uh, you know Scallop as a band, I'm just stoked to have another uh, you know a, 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 just another band in the mix um, out here in like the the Orange County scene because uh, when I think about it, you know uh, you know bands like uh, Fury, Dare, Take It to Heart come to mind, but. When I look at you guys, I'm like, all right, cool. There's this new band, sounds way different than everybody else, but I'm excited to to have um, you know a, a different flavor and something um, else that we can like tap into that is a little different because obviously like it, it, those bands I mentioned are all awesome. Uh, you know, I love them and enjoy them, but it's always nice to, to just mix it up and have uh, you know different sounds just to have a, a better variety when when it comes to you know uh, bands in the scene. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the. Uh hardcore scene is kind of um i mean it's kind of a shitty word to use i would say devolved to kind of a more a more like um you know like traditional kind of hardcore Mm -hmm. which is cool which is cool because uh, i don't know like to i mean personally i i was never i was never really inspired by a lot of the traditional stuff that came after let's say like hardcore punk but um you know they fucking a lot of these bands are just doing it really well and and adding their own little flavor you know a lot of the 90s stuff too you know like hearing some chorus pedals in there like maybe a little singing here and there it's cool um i would say I, i don't really i'm not super inspired by it all but um I think that we we definitely do add a new, well, not I don't think new, but a different flavor for the Orange County scene because I don't really know anyone who's doing anything, I guess, super aggressive in like the hardcore realm. And I think we kind of fit in with any of those bands. We could play with like punk bands, we could play with power bounce band, grind, uh, hardcore. Like I think we we have a lot of material that kind of fits within all those scopes so i'm excited to get back to playing eventually and and seeing how you know the different crowds like react yeah i i definitely can't wait for that to you know finally be able to see you guys live and 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 i I do think i'm obviously uh you guys uh your sound you can fit on any bill i i can see you playing with any band from orange county and and i wouldn't think it's weird So the the demo comes out 2019. Was it important for you guys to get back to writing to um you know to follow up that release right away, or did it just um you know kind of happen that you guys wanted to uh, follow it up uh, the following year? Um, we didn't really have a plan. That's just that was just the pace of our writing. And honestly, we would probably be be a lot closer to recording our next album if the pandemic didn't happen. Uh-huh. Because band practice, you know, we were playing it a little safer, probably not as safe as most people, but, you know, just, hey, maybe like I have a headache, let's not practice or, you know, I'm going to go see my grandma next week, let's not practice kind of shit. So, you know, we, we were we were trying to be as safe as possible, but also not like blow our brains out and not play music for an entire year. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine what, what it was, um, you know, like for a band, uh, especially for you guys being like like a newer band and having to you know, deal with this, especially uh, having a, a release in 2020 and just not really being able to do a whole lot with it. Well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse 
I think I think if it was normal time, I don't really know how we would have been received. Just because I think so many people are right now, they're interested in things coming out. They're they're really paying attention to new records. They're they're fucking they're on their phone, they're scrolling, they're sharing shit, they're they're listening to music, they're listening to podcasts. Anything involved with the screen, there's more of that. So I think the fact that we were working with Creator Destructor had a little bit of, you know, promotion and I think that actually kind of helped, but I think it would have been a lot better, obviously, if we had been playing shows, been able to just sell records, shirts, and I don't know, whatever from there. That would obviously like be our first choice, but I don't know if, if it would have really turned out the same if there wasn't the pandemic. Uh-huh. I think it just puts everyone's eyes more so on, you know, screens and whatever's new. And uh, and when it comes to Creator Destructor, are you guys like signed to them, or are they just um, helping distribute the vinyl? Um, working with with Ben Murray at Creator Destructor is rad. Um, he he offered us to basically sign something if we wanted to, mm-hmm. or to just kind of on like like a trust basis, and it's it's been fine without any signing. Um, yeah, he's, we're, we're just always in communication and we both want to see the record do well. We both want to sell merch and do whatever. So we, we're, you know, we're collaborators. So we never really felt the need to, to do that. Uh-huh. And but um, we could, I guess we could just, you know, do whatever we want. We're still pretty independent. That's awesome. And were you surprised at the the reaction to the record? Obviously, um, I, I felt like you guys uh, did a, a great job with it. It came out great. Um, you guys went to the pit to record. I, I thought that was a an awesome move. But uh, seeing like uh, you know these pressings like sell out, especially for like a newer band, uh, did that take you by surprise at all? Um, I was surprised. Like I don't I don't think I thought like really anyone likes it you know I, I'm, I'm very proud of the record but um it, it was just i didn't really have any expectations so just i i think i kind of don't have expectations with a lot of my music like i say i it's really like the number one thing is i write music i put it down i feel better like that's that's like first for me so if anyone likes it it's a plus so everything that's happened with this record is just you know it's been heartwarming not like met my expectation level or like really shocked and surprised me i'm just i'm glad it all happened um and i'm glad people enjoy it yeah i i I think it's uh awesome to be able to look at like a, a newer band and just to see these pressings sell out, I'm just like, wow, that's so sick that people are actually taking the time and paying attention to, to something new. Because uh, sometimes, you know, bands can get overlooked or people will want to wait till there's like some sort of weird like hype train or something. But the fact that so many people are, are like on it early on, I, I think it's super awesome. Well, it's been cool. I think just, you know, we don't really have hype. You know, we, we've been we've been really humble and, you know, been genuine with who we connect with and who we talk to and you know 
if there's, you know, a band out there that we talk to, it's not because we want to get on a bill with them. It's because we were fans of their music and, and we thought they were cool or, or something like that. So it's been, it's just been really positive. And, you know, the, because we were a new band, I, I don't think there was a lot of like hype train mentality with, with anyone enjoying Scalp just because we didn't really have a name. Like some people knew about us in Orange County or maybe just on the West Coast. Um, I mean, we have friends in the Bay, we have friends in Portland, we have friends in um, LA, but I don't know, not enough to really meet the, the expectation that the record would do as it did. I mean, Creator Destructor and The Pit are also like, um, you know, big, I guess, bigger names and people who put good work into our record. So I think collaboratively, like that's another reason why it's gotten some momentum. Yeah, just uh, like they got it uh, in front of the right people, and uh, people are started paying attention. And it, it's just, uh, and it's awesome. I, I feel like the the music does speak for itself. Um, you know, for you guys to put out uh, a, a record, and obviously, I, I feel like if it sucked, if you know the, the music wasn't good, obviously, I, I don't feel like you would have uh, you know these um, vinyl selling out or you know people praising the record as much as they do. So I, I think it's a good job on all you guys for being able to put something together. Right. I mean. Like we know a few people, but like, nobody really knows that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I had to reach out through a, a mutual friend uh, to to kind of try to get the lowdown to see who the hell's in the band because like I I because uh, obviously um, you uh, were hard to track down. Um, so uh, shout out to uh, Vince from Modern Color. He he, he kind of led me down the right path. So. Um, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, I'm happy that we we at least had some mutual friends. So I was able to get like a little bit of, um, you know, information on who's in the band, and I'm glad I was able to reach out and finally talk to you. For sure, Vince is a sweetheart. Yeah, super great guy. He, he's always been good to me. He's a former guest of the podcast, and uh, has been never been uh, nothing but nice to me. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned if the um, pandemic hadn't happened, you guys probably would be further along with the writing process with the next record. Um, do you guys um, have any um, real plans to start recording anytime soon, or is it all just kind of up in the air? You guys are still um, writing. Um, we're at the point where we're where we're kind of starting to you know make some scratch ideas and plans. Nothing really concrete right now, but we're definitely writing. We're, you could kind of always expect that we're writing because I think that's kind of the focus and will always be the focus of scalps is that we write music and that's, that's the part that I really enjoy. That's the part that we all like really dig. I, I love playing shows, but um, I kind of see scalp more as like an expressive outlet. Like I imagine in the future that we would, if all things go correctly, be putting out records fast enough before people even really get a chance to listen to the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love putting out music, and I love writing it, and I love, love, love being in the studio. So that, that always comes first compared to touring. I've already done a lot of touring, and I own a van fucking um, for many years was driving that thing around as my daily I'd say like 
I'm not over touring. I definitely want to, and we all have the itch to go do it, especially with like, with a good label and, you know, a good tour package. We, we would, I don't think that we would really stress about, you know, being able to fund the tour, but it's just not exactly my focus. I would love to like play local shows and get on bills with good touring bands that come through here, either in LA, Orange County or San Diego or something, um, or do like some weekend trips on the West coast or maybe to Texas or whatever. Um, but in the long run, I think our plan is just writing music. I feel like it would be a crime if uh, Scalp and Gulch doesn't do something in the future. We've actually been compared to Gulch a lot. Um, they, they are a big inspiration to us. I kind of see how why people compare us to Gulch, and I think it's because, like we are saying before, we have we have a lot of material that kind of fits in with a lot of genres. We have we have some death metal riffs. We have some like more grindy stuff, power violence, hardcore for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of it kind of has that vibe that you know, like it it doesn't exactly sound exactly like another band that's happening right now, but but we kind of we kind of take inspiration from a lot of different places and somehow found a way to make it work. Yeah, and I feel we like... Fucking, wait, go ahead. We fucking love the beginning of playing um, this style of music. We've, we've always just talked about why we appreciate Gulch. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, is it, like a, is it like a fucking, like a meme that people hate on Gulch? <laughs> or like, do people just fucking love Gulch but just say fuck them? Like just because it's fun. Uh, if I'm being honest, I really don't know. I I, I try to just <laughs> try to really ignore a, a lot of like these weird trends in hardcore. Like for for me, I I know some of the guys in the band. Um, I, I think they're great, and I think the music's great. So I'm you know that's just a kind of my like um opinion and um, feelings about the band. So I just kind of have like that tunnel vision, and I, I know um they've been involved in their controversies with like like the whole like hoodie thing, and um, you know people uh, talking crap about the music. But I I feel like that just comes with uh um with any or for, for anybody that does or is doing anything uh, great, you know. So uh, that's I don't know if it's a meme or if it's serious, but I just try to ignore it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of just kind of got to the point where people were shitting on Gulch, and and like, I couldn't really believe it, so I kind of just took it as like them being funny, and and I know that certain bands do like Tsunami like always talk shit on Gulch, mm-hmm. and and I I'm, you can't really take anything that band said seriously, so. Yeah, and obviously those guys are all homies too. Um, you know, if you like know who's in the band, so when, when people see that stuff, like when I see those two interactions, I I think that's funny, and that's cool. But um, but the the other stuff, yeah, like what went from like the random people that I I don't know, I'm I'm just like, yeah, I don't really uh, uh, take it too serious. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I I would love to do stuff with Gulch. Um, talking to Cole and Elliot, um, a little bit here and there. They've they've always been very cool and very respectful. Mm-hmm. We've never obviously met in person because as soon as we started playing music, um, pandemic wasn't happening. So, yeah, I think, 
you know, and also we, we put out like a little, a little post um, a while ago that said like, what bands do you want us to play with when we come back and just, it was nonstop Gulch, 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 you know, people, people want to see us with Gulch. Yeah. And I think, and I think if we played with Gulch, that energy that they bring for the crowd, I think would really translate to us. Just, um, I don't know, like you, you, you can see it in videos. You can see it with them on stage. Like the crowd has a certain mentality and, and energy when Gulch plays and it, it comes from Gulch. And I, and I think that if I was, if I was attending a show where Gulch was playing and seeing the band before, I think I'd just be a little bit more open to just, I don't know, getting a little reckless or having fun or, you know, being, being more intimate with the show in general. Mm-hmm. So I just think if we got on a bill with, with them, I would, I would love to just, you know, be able to share that energy that they bring. Oh yeah. Well, honestly, I feel like it's inevitable when shows come back and uh, things start rolling again. I, I think it's just a no brainer because I feel like you guys um, pair up really well. And obviously I'm, uh, you guys, uh, you know, just have like your own special energy and like unique sound. So I, I think it would just work out great. I'm kind of afraid to play program. I feel like you have to play program. No, like we absolutely will. And we have before, but like our opening show for program got pretty rowdy. Mm-hmm. And that was like during the demo days, it was a show that um, no time record promoted. It was with ice and uh, livid and, uh, Dude, that show was so rowdy, and we were the opener. And, like, I just can't imagine, I mean, I just can't imagine Gulch playing program now. Dude. Like, I don't think any be on the walls after that. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, it'd be insane. Yeah, they are still, there are still four walls up on that building. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm definitely curious how things are going to be, uh, but I, I just can't wait. I'm like crossing my fingers and hoping it's sooner than later. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of starting to get back to normal, but I just, I hope, I hope that, you know, just because everyone maybe, maybe a little bit laid back that, you know, we, we still need to, get through whatever we are in, you know, we're, we're still in it and mm-hmm. maybe acting like we're done with it already is going to shoot us in the foot if we keep doing that. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, to be honest, if someone said like, if someone in the fucking government said like, Hey, it's good. We're, we're okay. You know, everything can open up. Uh, I wouldn't have any hesitation, but I don't know. I don't know really anything that's going on. I'm just waiting for the for the okay, and we're fucking done. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, things uh, keep con- continuing to trend in the right direction uh, with uh, people, more people getting vaccinated, and these we're seeing these numbers dropping. Hopefully that you know that's all true. Uh, I'm just hoping uh, you know in due time, like because before it, it seemed like a, a little more. Uh, like dark and not a whole lot of uh, hope, but I, I feel like we're way better now than we were like a couple of months ago. Yeah, totally. I, I think 
I think we'll have a Halloween, and oh. hopefully after that. Are, are are you a big Halloween guy? Um, I mean, I like Halloween, and like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm not like one of those nerds who like goes to like Halloween conventions or some <laughs> shit like that, <laughs> or like has to go to Disneyland on Halloween or whatever. But I don't know. I, I still love Halloween. It also reminds me of just Hellboob. Basically, like, Scalp's first show, you know, it was, um, that time was great. I just, it reminds me of, like, Hellraiser and fucking the music I was listening to at the time and uh, working at a coffee shop, just simpler times, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love Halloween. I, I just, I think that you know, that's far enough away to think that, like, we'll probably be back on our feet by then. Yeah, there's um, there's this uh, convention. I, I'm not sure where it's happening at this year, but uh, it's for, like, uh, YouTubers called VidCon. I'm not sure if, if you've ever heard of it. Uh, no, but okay. Um, so they like announced something like yesterday or maybe the, the other day they announced that they're doing like the convention this year in like September or something, uh, which I thought was pretty bold for them to make that kind of announcement. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess they think it's going to work. So fuck it. Let, let's see how this plays out. So it's just going to be like a bunch of influencers in the same place. Oh yeah, no, no, no. So th- this thing's been going on for years, dude. Like, uh, like it's uh, kind of uh, like I'm not really too into uh, that world. Like, I-, I follow some YouTubers, but to go to a, a convention to go like uh, meet these YouTubers, I, I think is, um, you know, it's not my thing. So I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I get it. I-, I went to the the very first VidCon, um, uh, which was weird. And like. Uh, it wasn't my choice. Uh, it, it was a, a gift for someone, and it was uh, like, and I didn't get it at the time either, and I, I still don't really get it now because uh, I, I just like I like watching like certain YouTubers, but I, I not to the point where I want to go and like hang out with them and have them like sign my camera or something, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I've never been to like a convention like that. Um, there have been a few times where, you know, I've, I've heard a friend going to like Nam or something like that, mm-hmm. or Nam. Nam or Nam? I I think you can say both. <laughs> yeah, but no, never been to a convention. Oh, I kind of accidentally stumbled upon this like anime convention oh. at Cal State Fullerton. That was funny. Kind of an accident, but did you stay or did you, were you just like pass through it? Um, I stayed. I think I was working for a nonprofit at the time, and actually we we tabled the event. And I think we were just kind of like promoting ourselves, but yeah, it was cool. There were just like a lot of, a lot of nerds and stuff. It was cool. <laughs> so are, are they worse? Uh, are the anime nerds worse than the Halloween nerds? No, none of them are bad. <laughs> like I don't just being into whatever they're into. I just like, if you're going to be a nerd, like you can take being called a nerd, like big deal. Like if someone, if I was a fucking nerd and someone said like, "Are you fucking nerd?" You'd be like, "Oh yeah." Okay. Yeah. I, the only conventions that I I really go to are like uh, comic book conventions. Oh, okay, for sure. Yeah. Um, Comic Con. Yeah. There's like, see, there's there's a part of all of that that I could really I could fuck with. Like mm-hmm. I, I do like, com- 
I don't say I'm very active in reading comics or anything like that. But then, like, there's, like, the whole cosplay and kind of, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like, kind of a little bit of a creepy furry vibe going on. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, like, a little bit of a vibe that someone's going to, like, come up right behind you and just, like, meow your and walk off, you know? Yeah, I, I, I just... That, so that's the part that makes me a little, a little weirded out with shit like that. But at the same time, if they're having fun, cool. Yeah, you just got to go with your friends. I feel like that's the best part. Just go with your circle of friends. Oh, friends. Okay. Um. Like I've had friends invite me to Disneyland. Like I've never been super in. Never been down, but I can imagine it being fun for friends. Wait, you've never been to Disneyland? No, I've been to Disneyland, oh. but like, seems like appropriate like time like as a child oh i'm sorry you're cutting out at that last part oh no just like i've been to disneyland but just like as a kid so ever ever since then i'm like you know i've, I've been there why would i go back <laughs> but uh i i could i could totally see it being fun like with, with a group of friends mm-hmm. I, i'm uh Surprised because like uh, it was like a thing uh, to to have a pass. Like I, I'm I'm like you know I I don't think I, I could or I knew any like Orange County hardcore kids that didn't have a Disneyland pass because I, I felt like it was like a, a like a cool place to hang out. Like when I first moved out here. Really. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I missed that. It's all right. Like it, it, as as much of a fan, um, you know that I am of Disney. Uh, I, I was at DCA the other day for like this food event and it was cool. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to come here as much as I used to, which, uh, which is something I, I never thought I would like, or, or I never thought I'd, I'd be in a situation like this. Cause I was just like, I, I want to go as much as I can, but now I'm just kind of like involved in a couple other things that I have to um, you know put some real time into. So it's just like, okay, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I don't have as much free time as I used to, which is uh, good and bad. For sure. Yeah, I see a lot of my friends that had passes. They they kind of started getting over it a little bit or being less 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 active with it. For sure. The I got I think when it's uh like the last month it was open, I I would go and uh I would just go to mainly and hang out with my buddy Johnny because uh, he works there and it was always just fun to be able to just go hang out with him while he was at work and just kill time before I, I ever had like you know, go out and do anything. Yeah, I can imagine it being fun, man. Hmm. Uh, I heard that they were, they were, like, still paying their employees for a while during the pandemic when they shut down. I think it was for like, okay. honestly, it wasn't for that long. I, I can't remember exactly how long they were doing it. I think it might have been maybe just for the first two weeks that they were closed, but then after that, they they cut it off. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually been so long, but. Uh, there's uh, so, some interesting news. Um, I, I'm not sure, like you know, how much you care, but uh, they announced that they're like ex- like Disney is like expanding um, in the city of Anaheim. Like they just like presented some proposals that got approved. So like uh, one of the giant parking lots on Harbor is getting turned into like a whole new like shopping experience, and they're trying to um, add like a third like park and hotel and stuff. Hmm. A third park. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. I, I think. They're trying to work with the land that they have because obviously they can't expand 
uh, too much because they're like surrounded by hotels and neighborhoods. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty curious to see how it all uh, kind of shakes out and see how if it actually um, is cool in the end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there also there are things about Disneyland that like you can't really you can't really just write off like the old Disneyland. Um, I think there's just something very, very genuine and um, I don't know, kind of heartwarming about about those old rides. Like maybe if you've never, I mean, some some people at any age are like obsessed with like not obsessed, but like still you know want to like say they've been to Disneyland before they fucking die or some shit. Mm-hmm. But you know, I did at a young age, and I just remember just like. Um, my jaw just being on the floor the entire time and being, you know, just having, having a great time as a kid. And the nostalgia obviously is a big thing with remembering, you know, all those cartoons growing up. And I think, and I think that's just, you know, not the end of an era, just because obviously that's all those rides are still there and they're, they're still going or, or whatever, but it, it it's still like paying homage to you know I guess the older Disney that once was that you won't really see again. You know they're they're never going to really sit down and make hand drawn cartoons. They're never going to really I don't know kind of do that again. So I always tell everybody to. Uh, to enjoy your favorite things at Disneyland while you can, because nothing is sacred. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's like my advice to everybody: is like, go there, ride your favorite ride as many times as you can, because for all you know, they're already planning to reskin it, demolish it, change it, whatever. Um, so it, it's it, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's something that will always be a part of my life, but I'm I'm, I'm always uh, you know watching and uh, seeing how it changes. For sure. What 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 uh, rides have gone away? Um, well, if you walk into Tomorrowland, like the biggest eyesore, like you'll see this track uh, just down the middle, basically splitting Tomorrowland in half. Uh, it was this ride called the the People Mover, and it, and they have it at uh, Disney World in Florida. It's still a ride out there, but um, you basically just sit in this cart, and it would take you through. Uh, all of Tomorrowland and you'd even go through some of the rides and get different perspectives and it's just, just a cool chill thing to do. But I think there was like some zoning issues with the track. Like I think uh, with some laws that changed, it was like uh, deemed like too low and Disney didn't want to have to adjust for the new laws. Cause it was just would have been too expensive to just to close down the whole entire land and do construction to change the track. So they just in turn decided to close it. So that ride went away. Uh, Splash mountain. They're reskinning it because uh it's like based off this movie called um, uh, Song of the South, which is like a, a super racist movie. And with uh, you know the current climate, um, uh, people reached out and were complaining about uh, the origins of the ride and they wanted to change it. So they're changing um, Splash Mountain to the Princess and the Frog, which I'm okay with. Uh, I, I, just, I just hope it's cool. And then, uh, so just things like that um, always happen. Yeah, everything, everything is getting a new look. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know how this turned into the the, the Disney podcast, but um, I, I I could go on for days. I'm I'm like such a uh, this is like one thing I nerd out about. So you, you can call me a Disney nerd, and I won't be offended. Yeah, exactly. 
Right on. Okay. Well, Devin, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about scalp. It was great to you know, finally talk to you and get to know you a little better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to the time that we have shows and or whatever, and we can meet in person and we'll definitely hook you up with some stuff. No, oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, but before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to say or shout out? Um, I would say just, um, you know, all the bands that we've been talking to or work with, um, labels, engineers, um, y'all know who you are. And thank you for the support and especially all, anyone who has supported Scout. And thank you, Jamie, for having me and um, been able to have me get a few words out. And just we're very grateful to be a part of what we're doing. Hell yeah. Well, th thank you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back soon.